0: Welcome to Agenda Breakdown, a podcast that explores how cities and counties make decisions and how you can have a say. I'm Kim Bishop, and today we're going to talk about San Luis Obispo's blueprint for future development, the general plan. The state of California requires all of its cities to develop a vision for how they plan to handle future growth. The document that contains that vision is called a general plan. On April 19th, San Luis Obispo's City Council will hear a status report on its latest general plan. Here to help us understand why that matters and what we should be looking for is Steve Peck, President of Peck Planning and Development. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, first, I want to acknowledge the obvious. We're about to have a conversation about a policy document. Um, It's an important one, but it is a policy document nonetheless. Why should listeners stay with us?
1: The document is probably affects everybody's lives every day. It determines whether we have adequate roads, adequate housing, how much you pay for that housing, whether there's a grocery store nearby your house or not, if there's bicycle accessibility. Probably everything you experience physically in a city is determined by the general plan.
0: What elements does the general plan
1: contain? Every general plan contains a number of different elements depending on the city. Each general plan is required to cover land use, basically where things are located in the community, where's the downtown, what's permitted there, where are the shopping areas, where, isn't, where are the employment concentrations, where are schools located, that sort of thing. Closely associated with that is a circulation element, streets, roads, bike paths, uh, that sort of thing, all to support the circulation that's necessary for the land use element. Housing is, is a very important element of the general plan. It determines how much housing we have, whether that housing is matched up well or poorly with the types of employment we have, I've been around long enough where I was around when housing elements were born, and the purpose there was to identify adequate housing sites for everybody who works in the community. So it's a nice little social justice reason for making sure that the town wasn't exclusively some workers and not others. It also is to include an open space and conservation element, which is very important in San Luis Obispo because of our high value we put on open space and living outdoors and other green belt and so forth. Safety and noise are the other two required elements, noise because of the impact of noise on our physical well-being and safety for, uh, used to be sort of routine element, but now that covers climate action, sea level rise in some communities and so forth. In San Luis Obispo, there's also a water and wastewater element to make sure we have adequate utilities for development.
0: Are there any parts of the plan that tend to generate a lot of conversation?
1: I think in general, any type of development in the community generates strong interest. This isn't a spectator town. People participate. They want to know what's happening next to them. They moved here for a very important reason. That's the quality of life. And they want to make sure that quality of life is not degraded, certainly in preserved or improved. So the general plan update that speaks to preserving those values that are articulated in the general plan, how they're going to be preserved. While at the same time, providing opportunities to sort of move forward, allow for uh, additional employment opportunities, additional housing opportunities. It's always this balancing act of how do we move forward and develop and grow economically while still preserving the things about the town that we love.
0: That gets to something I wanted to ask you about. The very existence of city planning assumes that cities are entities that grow and change, and cities are inhabited by humans who have this tendency to want to push back against growth and change. As a planner, how do you handle
1: that? I think uh, having done this for a while now, I think this is probably my 45th year, and having done probably, oh, at least three dozen general plans as the principal planner on them. I found it boils down to some pretty basic things you probably learned in grammar school, and that's respecting those feelings and opinions, providing options for those who, to consider them, sort of pulling everybody through that same decision, not whole, to the other side. So what, what emerges is an acknowledgement by those who participate that they considered choices, that the plan represents their values and interests, or at least that they were considered. And then what we have going forward isn't something that was made up in the back room. It was intense involvement by the local population. And it becomes somewhat of the social contract, the social compact for development going forward. One of the things that is most disappointing for me as a professional planner is to see some plans go forward that are fairly sloppy and not inclusive of public's opinion. Because after someone like me leaves the town as the person putting together general plan, they have to live here. I don't. And so you need to leave it better than you found it and the people participating in the process need to know that their opinions were respected and included and considered. And what comes out the other end has their fingerprints on it, not mine. It's a fairly respectful process. Sometimes it takes a long time to help folks understand the choices that they are making explicitly or implicitly. And so once the plan is done, you hopefully have advocates for its implementation because they know the trade-offs that were made along the way. So- And San Luis Obispo has always done that, sometimes successfully, sometimes not so successfully. But I would say this last update of the general plan in 2014 had a a really good representation on their loose task force. The council and the planning commission was very thoughtful about the changes they made. So what came out the other end was fairly stable and didn't change over time. I think that's really important. What can we expect to come up at the city council meeting? The item that is coming before the city council is a a status report on their existing general plan, and it's looking to, after about eight years of using the major general plan update that was done in 2014, what what is working there, what is not? Is it producing the housing that was intended or isn't it? Is it producing the right price points of housing, the right mix of rental and ownership units? And so the staff's giving a fairly comprehensive update on how much land is left to accommodate our needs and whether that's adequate or not, what kinds of housing is being produced for the very low, low and moderate income categories. And I think one of the things that the city is looking at is as we're about halfway through this most recent general plan update in 2014, when might we next need to look at another update, you know, gather the community to get together again and determine where growth occurs after that. So I think for the first time in this general plan's lifetime, the staff is sort of looking down the road as to when we need to start thinking about this again, so we don't run out of residential land or housing sites to provide housing for the community.
0: What questions do you recommend that community members ask their council members about this general
1: plan update? I encourage them to ask their council to continue to look long-term, that this not be a status report or a plan that is simply a bunch of stitched together five-year plans or 10-year plans communities grow and develop over time. It doesn't stop just because it's the end of a regional housing needs cycle. People want to know what it's going to look like 30 years from now or 10, 20 years from now. And so the general plan is often something you grow into. And so I would ask the council to think long term. Don't wait till the last minute. We often hear, you know, the roads don't seem to be keeping up or the bike paths don't seem to be keeping up with the houses. The way you avoid doing that is by looking long-term and planning for those things.
0: How do you recommend that community members interact with this document?
1: There are always opportunities, such as the one that's coming up, to comment. Sometimes the best way to make sure that a plan is implemented faithfully is to follow development projects that come out of that. If parks are promised as part of the recreation element, that during the budgeting process, the the public gets involved. As you know, this town has a fairly robust goal setting process. And it's pretty obvious that those who want the parks, bike paths and other things that that actually show up, get more their way than the others who don't. So I would say show up. That seems like a pretty good note to end this on.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us.
1: You bet. Thank
0: you it's time for today's action item. You can find the general plan annual report in the city council agenda packet, which of course I'll link to in the show notes. I actually recommend that you read this report. It's written in plain language. It's a great way for community members to see what progress has been made on the issues that we care about. And if you have questions about that, you can of course email city council or city staff or come to the April 19th city council meeting and give public comment. Today's episode was produced by Francisco Martinez with music by Wes Bishop. If you liked the show, please share it with a friend and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kim Bishop. See you next time on Agenda Breakdown.